family's first few years in Vancouver, as we set out to get to know our city and the people who live here, we came to find that many were actually not from this area, rather from elsewhere in Canada like ourselves, or even around the globe. It has become a bit of an inside joke that the only person in our own family actually from here is our son, born just a year and a half after we arrived. The Lower Mainland seems to be a region of people all trying to find and make their own place in the world, but there's something special that calls us all here and makes us want to stay. To explore this further, I spoke with three individuals, each with their own stories of finding home. I was fascinated to learn that while everyone has their own reasons for landing in one place or another, there seems to be something that links our experiences. Nowadays, we often forget this landscape has been attracting people for tens of thousands of years. Being nestled between the mountains and the ocean, it's an ideal location to settle. There is a rich and storied history of our First Nations people, from their family journeys, their hardships, and rather complicated relationships with this place. We were lucky to be able to speak over the phone with Luke, a gentleman I met through our shared support for the Vancouver Whitecaps, where he passionately bangs his handmade drum from the opening whistle to the final seconds of every game. Hey everyone, this is Luke Dandran here from Kwantlen First Nation. My ancestral name is Wayanuk, which means man of sound. I work for the Langley School District as an Aboriginal support worker. My family has been living beside the Fraser River in Fort Langley for 7,500 years. Like many of us today, the First Nations migrated throughout this area, searching for their place and Luke's descendants were no exception. Not too long ago, there's no such thing as a borders between America and Canada. It was quite common for Aboriginal people to come up to Canada and people from Kwantlen to go down in America. So my grandfather came from Nooksack, Washington, settled here in Kwantlen and started his family here. Kwantlen can be defined as a tireless hunter a lot of First Nations communities lived beside the river because they would live off the land, fishing, hunting. That's where our smokehouses, longhouses would be. At one point in history, we were the largest First Nations group in the Lower Mainland. Kwantlen had numbered at 10,000 people. And then due to um, conflicts and all the historicals and generational traumas we faced, the lowest our band ever reached was 60 we have only recently begun to acknowledge the reasons why groups like the Kwantlen shrunk in numbers following the settlement of Europeans. Through the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, stories of our Aboriginal people's traumas have started to reach more recent generations. For Luke, this includes learning about and sharing his own mother's story. As a residential school survivor, she left Fort Langley at the age of 18. After that, she joined the Royal Canadian Armed Forces and traveled around the world in the military. I was born in Ottawa, and in 2008, my father had passed away. And after my mother being away for 48 years, we've been home relearning about our culture and enjoying what beautiful BC has to offer. 
Returning to the place of his roots, Luke and his mother try to find solace. Of course, you know, moving anywhere, you always have your skepticism and doubts, but I thought it would be a, a great place for us to come and heal. I always had a passion and a thrive for Aboriginal culture, and it was a lot more prominent here. I started learning about it at the age of eight from my mother, and so it was always something, you know, you could read about in books, but it never really made any sense until you got to experience it firsthand. As the youngest, and having been born later in her life, Luke and his mother were able to develop a special relationship. My mother and a lot of elders then know how to love until later on in life. Some people are given a second chance in life. So my mother learned how to love when I was born. During the time when I was very sad about my father passing away, I work in elementary school, so the children there were my medicine for me to uh, get up and get out of bed and, you know, enjoy my work and to see what it has to offer has been uh, very rewarding for myself. The schools where I work at reside on the traditional territory of Kwantlen, KT, Matsuki, and Samaimu. Being able to share like the local stories is something that the teachers and the schools really appreciate. That importance of sharing the stories and knowledge of the Kwantlen has spanned a number of generations. It was in 1977, uh, our previous hereditary chief, Joliet Gabriel, had told his daughter, Donna Robbins, that uh, he wants people in Fort Langley and around BC to know about the Kwantlen people and, it, and its culture and what we have to offer. 1993 is when Joba Gabriel appointed his daughter, Marilyn Gabriel, to be hereditary chief. The first thing she did was reclaim Kwantlen's name. Because during that time, the Canadian government were calling us the Langley Indian Band Number 6. Having now restored their name, it then became time to reestablish their identity. During this time, for a long time, Kwantlen didn't know anything about our cultural teachings, our cultural practices, our language. So the second step was she gathered six elders to come forward and say, I need my elders to help Kwantlen. You are our knowledge keepers. You're going to help us bring back our culture. Aboriginal people have been very patient for a very long time. We've come a long way. And with the help of our members being well-educated now, the youth are helping us lead the way. Thanks to individuals like Luke and his mother, the Kwantlen people and those who live in Fort Langley are rediscovering their shared history, culture, traditions, and continuing the healing process. Here in 2016, we have 274 members. So uh, it just shows you how we're still here and the kids here are very kind, caring, and considerate. And as Chief Marilyn Gabriel from Kwantlen would say, is that we're in very good hands for the future. Canada is known to be welcoming of all people from across the globe. The Lower Mainland has a particular appeal due to its temperate climate and spectacular setting. 
But is that beauty only skin deep? My friend Tim, along with his mother and grandmother, were searching for a better opportunity, which brought them here from the other side of the world. I was curious to find out what is it actually like to be a Siberian in Canada, and if moving here is more challenging than just getting a visa and hopping on a plane. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Tim. I moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada from Novosibirsk, Russia about 10 years ago. I run a punk rock radio show, Rocket from Russia, and I work as a financial planner. Great success. Novosibirsk, size-wise, it's the same as Vancouver, roughly. It's not the most beautiful city, but I love it. I'm proud to be from Siberia. Despite pride for their homeland, Tim's mother knew a change in scenery could create new possibilities. Back in 1999, I believe, we started the process of immigration to Canada. Immigration is a very hard process. It was back then easier to immigrate in Canada than to States. And from a few friends, we heard that we still feel like we're immigrants. We don't belong here. We still feel like we're outsiders. We're not from here. And then on the opposite, we heard that in Canada, it's completely different. You live here for a couple of years. You still speak with a weird accent, but people still consider you a local. That was definitely something on my parents' minds. And we definitely felt that. Of course, choosing exactly where to live in Canada was not as straightforward as they had originally thought. In 2003, we received our blending documents and we went to visit Toronto, Ontario. It was an interesting experience because it was in November and the weather in November was no different than the weather back home in Novosibirsk, Siberia. So we're like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? So in 2004, my mom decided to go to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We used to cold and some people say, hey, you must be loving cold. No, we don't. That is incorrect. I don't enjoy cold. I would rather be in the sun. So we're here, I've been here for 12 years. Making the move was transitional. While Tim finished his studies in Novosibirsk, his mother came to Vancouver on her own to begin the process of setting up a life here. For my mom, it was very, very hard. She was by herself. She didn't speak very well English. She didn't really know what to do. She was lost. She was scared. And even it was beautiful outside, but it was very, very hard in terms of getting used to different lifestyle. You don't understand people. And it definitely was a hard period for her. And she made the goal to make it easier for myself. She really introduced me to different basic lifestyle things like paying bills. This is something that we don't have in Russia. Paying bills on time. Ooh, just imagine. Uh, I didn't know what a credit card was. I didn't understand how that worked. Yeah, she definitely highlighted the great things about Canada and Vancouver and slowly helped me to get used to a different lifestyle here. Tim explained to me what the experience is like for many newcomers to Canada especially the barriers for those who speak a different language. While this is a relatively welcoming place, it's not always as simple as we may think. As an immigrant, you get sometimes into this shell, like, oh, everything is different, so yeah, I would rather close myself up. My grandmother came in 2009, and for her it was even harder because she still doesn't speak English. She understands apples and oranges when she goes to groceries. But once it's outside of food or vegetables uh, vocabulary, she's not very good. So for her, it's been very, very hard. But she's happy that she is with her daughter and her grandson. 
For Tim, immersing himself as much as possible was important. I made myself a goal to be friends with English-speaking, primarily Canadians or you know North American people, to get the lifestyle, to understand how everything works. But it was a struggle. It was very hard. I didn't understand much. Because, first of all, you speak to somebody and they say something that you don't understand and you feel stupid. Or if somebody makes a joke about some cartoon or like old, so what everybody knows, and you're the only one who doesn't understand, you feel out of your place. And it's a hard thing. Like, I wasn't really picky on that, but sometimes you, yeah, you feel like an idiot. Even the most basic things can get lost in translation. Took me, I don't know, five years to get over that. I still don't understand the knock knock joke. I don't get it. I don't understand why do people say that. I really don't. So, but yeah, but now it's a bit easier for me than 10 years ago. Finding work is difficult no matter where you're from, but Tim's adventurous and outgoing nature landed him what became his ideal job. I was curious, with little experience in the world of finances and savings, how was it that he became a financial planner? By luck, really. The guy who worked for my company for Investors Group, he was Russian, he invited my mom to an interview, and she thought that might be a good opportunity for me. So she went to the interview, and then she said, hey, you have to go and talk to this guy. And I didn't really understand what the hell the job was, but I said, oh, I'll try it. For me, making money is important, and that's not a selfish reason, because I have my mom and my granny here. So I'm the person who will need to support them. And I feel that responsibility because they helped me out numerous times throughout their lives. And now it's my turn to help them out. Tim is in all business. He has an alter ego, something afforded to him by the punk music scene here in Vancouver. In 2010, my friend Marielle, she was the host of the show We All Fall Down on CITR at the UBC. She invited me just as a guest to her show. And so I came on the show, we had a great time, and she said, wow, that was fun. How would you like to be a co-host? Maybe you can do sometimes it by yourself. I'm like, sure, yeah. So that happened for a couple of months. Marielle graduated from school, and so she said, you know what, I think I'll step down. Would you like to take it over? I said, yeah, for sure. So that was kind of my dream, maybe to do something like that. And the name of the show now is Rocket From Russia. I think that Vancouver gives me a relatively unique opportunity. First of all, it's a big city with a big and wonderful music scene. At the same time, you can build a career. I asked, as someone who calls Canada a new home, does he have a desire to explore more of the world and possibly live elsewhere? This is a place where I should be, and I'm enjoying it. The size of the city and the status of the city doesn't really determine your success, but it helps. Finding your place doesn't always mean traveling across borders or oceans. For some, discovering where to put down roots doesn't necessarily mean being stuck in one spot. But does leaving your comfort zone mean sacrificing on what makes you happy? For one of our colleagues, Erin, living in the Lower Mainland has meant being able to explore other areas of the region while still enjoying dense city life, until recently. We sat down to discuss how leaving Vancouver's borders for the suburbs has affected her sense of place. I'm Erin Omelin. 
I currently live in Pitt Meadows, British Columbia. I'm the executive director at Hub Cycling. I moved around like a decent amount when I was a kid, um, but most of it was in Coquitlam and Port Moody kind of area. I would definitely call it a suburb. I remember when I was a smaller kid, you know, living in townhouses where your neighbors were right there and you could play anytime and like amazing experiences in the creek behind our house. Then as I got older, we moved again, and I think it was like the bigger the house and the less connected physically, the less connected we were with our neighbors. After years of living outside of the urban core, Erin left behind her suburban life for the big city. Me moving to Vancouver was certainly a build-up. It made a lot of sense for me to be closer, and so me making the move there felt very natural and just mostly overdue. I love living in Vancouver because everything was within a quick bike ride. That spontaneity and independence really meant a lot to me. It's wonderful. You get to connect with nature in a different kind of way. When we were living in Gastown, everything was at my fingertips. You know, work was 15, 20 minute bike ride at most, along the seawall most of the way. Certainly there were trade-offs. There wasn't much respite, but I adjusted to it. And then when my now husband moved in with me, he had a harder time adjusting to it. While being in the heart of Vancouver has certain benefits, city living isn't always for everyone. Over time, it led to an imbalance in Chris and Aaron's comfort and happiness. For Chris, working in Maple Ridge, he had to take his car every day. There's really no other option. My husband grew up in Pitt Meadows, which is even more rural and closer to nature than where I grew up. And I think had he chosen, he would never have chosen to live in Gastown. It was only because I was there. making that switch to move out to Pimettos was a lot about being closer to nature. It was also part of balancing things out because he'd been living in my world where everything was really lovely and easy for me. And so now it gets to be really lovely and easy for him. There was definitely an inequity there and he's got a job that he loves. And now he gets to ride his bike to work every day. Admittedly, I haven't spent much time east of the Pitt River Bridge and wanted to know what made it an ideal choice for Aaron and Chris. It's quite historic. It's kind of a long strip of a city and the north side is almost all farms and agriculture. And then on the south side of the highway, there is a main strip on Harris Road and there's some really cool historical stuff that's related to the old train station. And a lot of the shops and services are there. I was curious. Now that Chris gets to ride his bike to work every day, how Aaron's commute has evolved. So I ride my bike from our place to the West Coast Express station, Maple Meadows, and I can put my bike on the train and I get off at Waterfront downtown and then I ride my bike again on the downtown side to work. Being able to keep an active commute to work was a requisite in this decision and he gets that. I mean, that's part of why he's so happy being able to bike to work. After spending so many years living in Gastown close to everything, 
Erin's experience returning to the suburbs has been eye-opening. I definitely enjoy having more space, both within our home but outside. You can access sunlight easier. Like, there's not all these tall buildings where you have to go to a specific spot to be in the sun. And things are quieter and a little bit slower. It's nice not being exposed to some of those harsher realities on a daily basis. It's really great. We're a lot closer to his family and our niece and nephew, and so we just wouldn't have been able to see them as frequently if we weren't living quite so close. Changing your surroundings involves shifting your perspective a little. And for Aaron, that has meant realizing that moving to a different location doesn't have to mean giving up on your values. I was one of those people, having loved the city and moved here on purpose, having moved away from the suburbs, a big part of my identity was and to some extent still is around the beauty of being in the city and I think there's a lot of pressure on people where we're supposed to want to have access to everything and to have ultimate choice and to be very principled but we all change and our needs change and I hope that we can be more flexible in our discourse about that and you're gaining a lot it's just different stuff and how do you come to terms with some of the things that you don't have anymore and appreciate the things that you do. There's a whole diversity of suburban <laughs> and similar to where I grew up is very different from where I am now, even though people would call both suburbia. And for us, it was just super important that we were able to keep that active transportation in there, that we were close enough to things. So for one, that keeps our expenses way lower. And I think that sometimes gets overlooked. People look just at the housing price and they don't factor in those other components. You don't wanna feel isolated. You still can be connected, but there are key areas in the region where you can do that. Tim and Aaron are just three of the many individuals I've met since my journey to this region. And while their stories are unique to their own background and circumstances, one thing links them, the search to find their place. There are many things about the Lower Mainland that continue to draw people here, be it landscape, lifestyle, or heritage, but its welcoming spirit is what helps make it so diverse. For my family, Regardless of where we travel in the world, nothing truly compares to simply resting on the beach, listening to the waves, and taking in the beauty of a place we are happy to call home. The Straight and Narrows is a collaboration by Modacity and is written and produced by Chris Bruntlett and myself, Melissa Bruntlett. A very big thanks to Christophe Prevo, our sound engineer and editor, Todd LeBlanc, our marketing director, David Fu, and our music supervisor, Gina Less. This episode has featured songs by David Morin, a Vancouver artist of Métis descent. Beautiful song, baby. And you are the melody and it seems I've known you so long, lady. When another century and I don't mean to come off strong. 
got the best of me And if I didn't tell you how you affected me I don't think it would be fair for me Like a melody, melody, a melody. Sweet when you speak like a melody. Uh, 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 u